Sound Custom Car Care. All right. Good morning and welcome. You got Sarah and Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care. Good morning, Sarah. How's the world treating you? Oh, you know, living the dream. Good, good. Uh, Any breakdowns in your world? No, but don't jinx it. I know. Well, so I have a confession to make. Uh Uh-oh. I was all done with work on Friday and I was ready to go home. I was going to run and pick up Jonas, my oldest son, and... Uh, went out to the old truckster and it, it just cranked and cranked and never started. Oh, before. no. Left me. Thankfully, I was at the shop. Did so you know any good mechanics? I did. <laughs> As a matter of fact, uh, so it was late in the day. I didn't want to deal with it. We had an extra, um, like warehouse truck. So mm-hmm. I called and made sure it was okay if I borrowed that for the weekend, which I know has been a, a perk of your job. Yes. When you have troubles, Very you kind of have that extra vehicle. So it's a great thing to be part of a company that takes care of you. So I made a phone call. I didn't feel like messing with it Friday evening and went ahead and took the shop truck home. And then this morning, um, Darren, as you well know, just top shelf diagnostic dude. Even before I could get through all of my stuff, he had figured out what was wrong with it. And we had a melted fuel pump fuse in the underhood fuse box. So what causes that? We current ramped the fuel pump and it should be like eight amps or so. It was pulling over 14 amps. So Mm -hmm. the fuel pump essentially started to go out and the electric motor and the magnetic field that electric motor creates, it got to where it took more voltage or or more amperage, I guess would be the correct term. Um, And it cooked that underhood fuse box. So one of two things, if you only fix the melted fuse box, it's going to melt again because Mm -hmm. the fuel pumps what took it out. And a lot of times that's what I see when people, you know, find the problem, they don't find the root cause. So Darren was able to kind of backwards, you know, detective wise, what was going on with it. And then Mr. Harlan, which I'm sure you're familiar with Harlan there at our sunset store. He's actually probably working on it and trying to get it back going for me. So oh, that's awesome. Thankfully, as as um, as much as we do throughout the week, so much of that work gets done that I don't do. You know, I can't fix every car in southwest Missouri as much as I would love to. And as my role continues to change and evolve. I'm, the only way I get to evolve is if I've got guys and gals doing it as good, if not better than I do. So um, I think we had a question a few weeks ago, which store that I typically work at. Um, and it's, I really can't tell anybody that. And even to this instance, um, you know, the guys are just as good, if not, you know, even better than I am. And I take that as a, as a huge um, bonus, essentially, you know, I'm not, I don't have that um, stigma that I want to be the big fish in a small pond kind of thing. I'd just soon be a big fish with other big fishes, you know, for whatever that makes sense. We need to do like a showcase show Mm -hmm. and we need to have like everybody on. Maybe do like five, ten minute interviews with them. That is a very good point. And go through their credentials Mm -hmm. because, you know, I have a pretty healthy uh, pedigree, if you will, (laughs) for lack of a better way to explain it. Um, however, you know, I'm definitely not the only one in the company that has that. I mean, I've got folks that are factory trained in different makes and models and then diagnostic wise, just live, eat and breathe it no different than I do, as well as some amazing service advisors and store managers that are truly building into that, that leadership philosophy that you and I've done so many shows on, um, yeah, that's a brilliant. Yeah, we need to do that for sure and kind of showcase and let them know that A1 Custom Car Care is so much bigger than, 
you know, Sarah and Dustin's radio show that, that we share. And really, you know, my thought process on the radio show is to share current events in the automotive industry. So, yeah, we'll have to put that together. I think that would be a good thing. We'll see if we can sweet talk them to come on. Yeah. I know some of them were a little hesitant yeah. last time I did interviews, but they did awesome. We have that show uh, somewhere housed in KSGF.com. Mm-hmm. And you can always find old episodes under the podcast section. Yeah. Speaking of that, I was talking to my mom last night. Um, I had a little bit of driving and, you know, just wanted to kind of catch up and make sure everything was good and and, and vice versa. And she had listened to several of the old, sh- old shows, and she had texted me that uh, you had played um, uh, Proud to be an American at the end of one of our shows. And she was going back through, and she's like, that really kind of, you know, kind of struck that chord. It was like, that was so awesome. And Aww. I and I honestly didn't had forgotten that you had done that in one of the older shows. And I thought, man, Sarah's awesome. She takes care of business. Uh, thank you. I think I did that on... September 10th. I I seem to remember you saying you were going to do that. And, you know, as much as, you know, people might think that I listen to the show afterwards, usually I don't listen to the shows because I feel weird. I feel like I shouldn't be listening to myself talk. <laughs> I know. Occasionally I, I will hear portions of our show and I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Nick explained it to me one time that you hear your voice differently oh, than everybody's. Yeah. And he had the scientific you know, he knew the, all the ins and outs of it. But, yeah, so normally when Sarah and I come on and do the show, we're going through it. And, and I typically don't tune into it just as a I don't want to feel like I'm, you know, like watching my own movie. I assume yeah, movie I know. stars probably we should probably do, do it to critique ourselves. Yeah. But that's yeah, fine. Yeah. So what's been going on around the shop? It's been busy, 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 which is great. Um, we're seeing and I don't want to get like uh, into economics, but we're seeing a lot of folks right now. I think they're paying attention, especially KSGF listeners. Obviously, you know, they're, they're in my opinion, and I'm not just saying this because we're on the, the station. They're the most informed people that I run into. And a lot of times because of the show and the time I spend at the service desk, people will recognize and say, hey, we're here because of Sarah and Dustin's show or, you know, Nick's endorsement or whatever. Long story short, though, they're paying attention to how, you know, obviously they're raising the interest rate the Fed is. Um, and they're paying attention to what I consider the philosophy of the velocity of money. The last two years, they have printed so much money and just dumped it on everybody. And, you know, all the unscrupulous politicians sucked up as much of it as possible. And then a little bit of it rained down to everybody else. So the past couple of years, we've had just tremendous amounts of free quote unquote money. I realize it's not free. We all get to participate in repayment on that, but that's another topic. My point being is the shortage of cars, the um, difficulty of finding good quality replacement parts. I mean, that's the majority of our folks at the front counter is not just finding parts, but finding good quality replacement parts. And I can't stress that enough. And then folks not wanting to jump into a forty, fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollar car note with the contraction, I guess, of the global economy and our economy as well and the increased interest rate. So um a lot of people are fixing their cars today have been sitting or they have had paid off and were just an extra car. So several repowers, you know how I feel about repowers. I love uh, fixing or saving something from, you know, going to the junk, basically. And those vehicles built from 
I'm going to say, you know, mid-90s, even, you know, 95 on up to 2010 to 12, those are some of the very best refined cars out there. And we're seeing a lot of people spend and fix, you know, a significant amount where years ago they wouldn't because they'd just go get another car. And they're not wanting to take on that debt load, which I think is pretty, pretty smart. So... How you feel about all that? You think I'm way off base on my no. economics? So we originally talked about getting rid of the Danger Ranger. Yeah. And I think that we are actually going to end up fixing it. I think that's brilliant. I know. I love that. Trip. We talked about it and I told Ryan that I didn't want it to be a yard ornament. Mm-hmm. I wanted it either fixed or sold. Yeah. Uh, those were the options. Sure. And so we leaned towards selling it. Mm-hmm. And we actually have a friend, uh, I think we've mentioned him on the the show before, he is an awesome uh, DIY mechanic, and anyways, he said, you know, I don't think that it would be too terrible to get it up and running Mm -hmm. again, why don't we uh, give it a shot? So. I think that we are going to end up repowering it and mm-hmm. saving it and, you know, just using it. It's a good little oh, yeah. gas saver, and that might be just a a really good way to help us kind of fight the inflation. Absolutely. That thing is a workhorse. Those older Rangers and S10s and even Dodge Dakotas, I'll put those in there, and you know how I feel about Dodges. Um, but that vintage or that error, error – um, don't call it vintage. It was born the same year I am. <laughs> <laughs> I am sorry. I, my apologies. But it truly, you know, that was a good time in the automotive manufacturing process. Those trucks were tough as nails. I mean, I can tell you some crazy stories. Um, a good buddy of mine had one and, you know, the bed, he didn't even have a bed on it at that time. So, I mean, it was just the rear tire sticking out there. My 83 F-150 quit. It was a real peach. It was quite a wreck of a vehicle. But that was my first pickup truck. And I was going to vocational school, and him and I towed that with a 16-foot trailer with his Ford Ranger, just like your and Ryan's, from Marionville to Monette. And that little truck did it. And if I'm sure you've been down that hill going into Verona. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I mean, we were pulling the guts out of that little truck, but it did it, and it, it I mean, just rock-solid dependable. So, Oh, yeah. We used to haul wood in mm-hmm. it all the time, and I mean, it would be squashed, yeah. but hey, it got the job done. And you look at late model um, modern trucks, I guess, if you will, you can't do that with no. them. They will not do it. You will break them, and you will tear them up. So. Definitely something that uh, super glad to hear. Maybe you guys are going through repower. But Sarah and I are going to step into a break. We're going to pick it up on the other side. Your complete car care solution. A1 Custom Car Care. All right. Welcome back. Sarah and Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care. Talking about, I guess, some of my struggles. I'm keeping it real. You know, I don't want to everybody think it's just rainbows and ponies. And, you know, that, you know, just because I, I joke I joke, I actually believe it, but I joke that I feel like I am, you know, devoted my life to being a good auto technician or mechanic. And that at this point in my career, they should just bend to my will. (laughs) And I realize that that's very pompous. Um, But the reality is, is they will humble you down. And so my old truck's getting some work done to it. I'm actually not even the one doing it because I uh, needed to 
do some other things uh, business-wise. So we've got a good enough bunch of uh, guys that uh, they're taking care of it. And <laughs> I'm very grateful to be able to rely on them that they're going to take care of my baby. So to kind of uh, branch off of that, mm-hmm. you know, last week we did our fall maintenance show since the mm-hmm. first uh, day of fall was yeah, last week. fall is in the air. And I missed a text message, so sorry. Okay. But they wanted to know your opinion on balance beads for tires. And we talked about tires mm-hmm. so much yes. last week. But I don't even, I don't know what balance beads are. So I am very well versed in this, mainly because at, a few years back, I really didn't know how well they worked. They have been in the trucking industry for years. So if you have a, you know, medium or heavy duty and, and even into the 18 wheelers, you know, there's not a really good, there are some machines out there that will balance them, but it's not feasible for most tire shops. So what they developed was an actual bead that when they break down the tire before they bead the tire back to the wheel, you put a certain amount or bags, they have balance beads and bags that you throw into a tire, and then they just run around in the tire and they naturally find the balance. So the topic really came up, we are in the passenger and medium duty world, really. So we have tire machines and equipment. Well, because I deal and do a lot of personal towing, I have, uh, how many do I have now? I think I have four one-ton dual rear-wheel trucks, which are difficult to get a good balance on. Now, we have upgraded our balancing equipment, so I do have the ability to do it. But at the time, our balance machines were not quite heavy-duty enough to what I consider get me a good balance on those huge 10 and 12 and 14 ply tires, which are difficult to get a good smooth ride running down the road. So I went out on my own, uh, you know, my own dime and my own experimentation, and I ordered various different balance beads, and I wanted to see what they would do in a medium, uh, I guess, medium duty one ton platform. Now, there is some information out there on the internet about people running them in their motorcycles. And that, I think, is a feasible option. I'm not a motorcycle technician, nor are we a motorcycle service center. But in my uh, search for information, that came up. So the negatives to the balance speeds that I came across is if you don't get a good quality balance speed, it will become abrasive and it will eat the inner membrane of the tire and it will ruin the tire from the inside out. So I was very careful with where and who I selected my balance beads from. I have put them in my actual work truck that I'm talking about getting serviced right now. They've been in there for probably well over a year at this point in time. On mine, there was a chart that showed, I think I run like a 235, 75, 18, I think is what I'm running. And I'm running a 10-ply, which is a very thick, heavy-duty tire. Um, doing a Firestone Transforce, I think is it, it, they are AT2s and AT3s. If you show up at one of our shops, typically that is going to be the recommendation because I have had tremendous longevity out of those tires, and they have been wonderful. They're a little bit more money, but I definitely um, I get that in a return down the road with being able to haul good weight, good traction in all season, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, I digress. Point being, I've had those balance speeds in those tires for over a year now, and I've been pretty happy with them. 
They have kept good balance. Once they're in there, typically you don't have to rebalance the tires as you do with normal balances. The tire wears. Typically, you need a rotating balance. I prefer every five to 7,000 miles. And then uh, you need to rebalance them. I don't have to do that. I have a question. Okay. What okay. Got? So I looked them up because I've never heard yeah. of balance beads before. One, are they pretty common? They're common in the heavy duty world. Okay. I'm talking like big trucks, um, utility trucks, 18 wheelers, trailers. That's pretty much the main uh, best practice. But in the past year car stuff, you typically don't see them. Okay, another question. Yeah. So do you ever take them out? They're in for the life of the tire. Okay, so how do you know when it's time to replace? So normally you'll do that off of just the condition of the tire, the okay. tread wear. The only thing that could be an issue is if they're not doing their job anymore, you'll pick up and feel a vibration mm. as you run down the road. Okay. So, I have had mine 75, 80 miles an hour, you know, passing cars out on the interstate, and they've been really good. Hmm. I probably have on those tires a good thirty to 40,000 miles since I've done the balance beads. I have broken them down and checked them just as part of my kind of research. Now, I will say I put them in a uh, co-worker's uh, set of custom wheels, and he did not like them. They did not perform, and I don't know if it's because he had like a real stiff sidewall on his versus mine still had a good, you know, amount of sidewall, which does affect the ride quality. He ended up taking them out because they didn't clear up his vibration on his custom wheels and tires that he had on his truck. And then we just did a normal static uh, balance on his, and he's been pretty happy with it. So I know that's a long-winded answer on the balance balance beads. For normal passenger car stuff, you're going to want to stick with the regular weights and balance that normal folks do. If you get into some of these heavier duty applications, which is really where I'm at. So I have a 03 Ford Excursion, which is a three-quarter ton frame. I have balance beads in that. I have balance beads in my 2012 K3500 Chevy. I have balance beads. Also, I have a 03 uh, be a C3500 Dually Duramax. I've got balance beads in it. Um, so I'm very versed in using them in those. Now, would I put them in uh, Miss Stacy, which is my lady? She drives a little Honda Element. Would I put them in her Honda Element? No, I'm going to do a standard balance on that. But balance beads, if you're kind of a do-it-yourselfer and you're mounting your own tires, which is a, I tip my hat to you, I've done it a lot. <laughs> that's a real job right there. Um, I would put them in there if that's all I got. If uh, if not, I would just leave it to the tire shops. They're pretty reasonable on price. I have tons of questions yeah. about these because I've never seen them before. Bring it. What are they made out of? They're almost a... Uh, I could actually probably Google what they're made out of, but it's almost like... I don't want to say it's a glass bead, but you know the Airsoft BBs? Have you uh -huh. ever, that's yeah. almost exactly what they are, is airsoft BBs. Because I'm looking at them, and they almost look like those little styrofoam balls that you get in, like, mm -hmm. a package. Yeah. It's kind of what they look like. They're a hard synthetic, I'm assuming a polymer is what they would be. But the key thing is that they need to be silky smooth. There shouldn't be any abrasive on them, mm -hmm. because that's the cheaper ones, or, the, you know, if you get them from overseas or wherever, which probably everything comes from overseas, but that's a whole other discussion. Um, if they're not 
perfectly round, they will eat the inner lining of the tire, which is where they get a lot of hay from. That would make sense. So they're basically just running in the tire. The other thing is I did put them on a friend of mine's truck. He had these giant aftermarket. uh, They're factory wheels, but big, giant tires. Uh, I put them on there, and I wasn't real familiar with them. I did this as a little bit of my testing. And when he drives with the window down, he's like, I hear this noise. It's like this. That's very scientific. I realize sharing that (laughs) with everybody. Uh, But long story short, at low speeds, you can hear them running around inside the tire if you have your window down. Now, it's not, uh, you know, real noisy. But if you're in town by like a fence or something, you'll hear the sound kind of bounce back to you. And once I told him that, he's like, oh, it's fine. So he's actually been running them in his truck for probably over a year now. Hmm. Um, and that was the only feedback that he ever said. And he drives that thing like crazy. So uh, if he's not having a balance problem, I think he's running a 331220, which is a giant truck tire. Uh, mounting and balancing those tires was everything that I had to get that job done. So. Uh, balance. That was an awesome question. I love the fact you guys send your feedback in and we can air it out. Oh, and I had like 9,000 questions. I don't know why I've never heard of this before. It's mainly in the heavy duty market. So if you're not in the trucking industry and I am not, (laughs) (laughs) it's, it's not something everybody runs into. And honestly, a lot of tire shops don't have and deal with it because they don't do heavy truck tires. I mainly got into it, in which thankfully I was a little had some exposure and have been on this information journey from a personal side of things from all my one ton stuff that, you know, hopefully that answered the question. If they have anything else that we didn't cover, please let us know. So we're down at the bottom of the hour. Sarah and I are going to take a break. We'll be right back after this. Your complete car care solution. A1 Custom Car Care. All right. Welcome back. You've got Sarah and Dustin, A1 Custom Car. Do we have some more stuff? you got like some, yes, some this is things the, over there. Yeah, it's the story hour. Uh-huh. So do you want the questionable story or the one that'll make you mad? No, definitely the questionable one. Okay. So this is from Fox Business. Actually, both of these are from Fox Business. This one is about the National Transportation Safety Board. Mm -hmm. And they say that all vehicles need alcohol detectors and the law will soon require them. Have Uh, you heard about this? I have. It's actually been kind of being battered around the automotive industry for a long time. Yeah. So then I'll read through this and then we can discuss it. The National Transportation Safety Board is officially recommending that all new cars and trucks be equipped with alcohol detection devices. The NTSB, which has no regulatory authority itself, has told the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration that it should implement a requirement for the systems along with a program that would incentivize automakers and consumers to, quote, to adopt intelligent speed adaption systems that would prevent speed-related crashes, even when alcohol is not involved. Mm. Now, the NHTSA and 17 automakers, which it doesn't tell me who the 17 automakers are, but they have been developing and testing a passive breath test and a touch system that uses infrared light to measure the blood alcohol level through the skin as part of the driver alcohol detection system for safety program. Details on how the final version of the technology will operate are still being worked out, but the current aftermarket interlock systems typically cost around $60 to $150 to install and $60 to $80 per month to calibrate and monitor remotely, according to Manufacturer Lifesaver. 
So that is that. Hmm. I have questions about this. I have a lot of strong feelings about this. Well, here's my question. Okay. What companies would be making this? What, where would this information be stored? Oh, yes. I haven't thought about that. Mm-hmm. Would lawmakers be able to invest in them, invest <laughs> in the companies? Yeah. yeah. And like, what about like cell phones and distracted driving? Mm-hmm. Are we going to start blocking technology to stop dra- distracted driving as well? Because yeah. it mentions the whole reason of wanting to do this is to prevent fatalities. Mm-hmm. But- there's multiple ways that a fatality can happen oh, yeah. whenever you're driving a vehicle. Oh, so yeah. those are my questions for this. So, you know, from my experience, we have actually, and I have been certified as an installer on some of those aftermarket ones that they talk about. And you're right. There are people that should not be driving. They have made poor choices and they have done bad things. And that should take away their driving permissions. But what I, my experience with it is it's really a money game for whoever it is calling the shots on that stuff, whether it's a state level or a federal level in this case, somebody back there is getting rich off of it and their motivation is not safety. You know, you look at these systems, it is not a safety thing. It is a money uh, revenue stream for them to get, you know, their driving privileges back but it is not well run. It is not a a very big deterrent, to be honest. Um, and it really takes away from personal accountability. Not to mention, you know, years ago when I was a kid, you know, there were different drugs out there. Don't get me wrong. But the majority of the intoxicated drivers, yeah, there's probably a fair amount that are alcohol. But they're doing other kinds of Uh, synthetic drugs and shooting them in God knows where, that is not going to pick up any of that stuff. If you're, you know, getting fentanyl or meth or whatever it is, this does not stop that. And that's a way bigger problem for the the United States, in my opinion. Not saying alcohol and drunk driving isn't important. It is. But in my experience, this is, to your point, Either they're investing in the technology before it's mainstream and then they're pushing it legislation-wise to line their own pockets, which is absolutely a conflict of interest and a bunch of BS. Um, I'd like to say a lot stronger, <laughs> uh, you know, adverbs or whatever it is, but it it is just bull is what it is. And to mandate that on everybody's car, this is an additional control measure. That, you know, maybe it's not that you have alcohol or something in your system, but maybe you vote a certain way. They can just turn your car off. So I was looking into that this weekend. There's a bill out there, and it may have been in this, uh, this uh, what did they call it, the uh, Inflation Reduction Act. The infrastructure bill. Yeah, that they are putting a uh, a mandate that the manufacturer has the ability to disable your vehicle at any point in time. And that is egregious, in my opinion, and a bunch of crap. So, you know, to the point where the IRS was investigating a bunch of conservative voters a couple years ago, or auditing them, I guess would be the better term, 
Well, if they don't like the way you voted today or tomorrow or whatever, well, all of a sudden you just can't drive anymore. Sorry about your luck. We're not sure. We're having technical difficulties. Hopefully the sarcasm came through uh, with that statement. But um, they're very much moving on our freedoms. And I don't want to be the conspiracy theorist, but it's here in the legislation right now, is that this is all a... a uh, a move to make or be able to influence or push you into making decisions in their manner or basically just following along and not saying, you know what, this is not right and doing your own thing, being self-sufficient. This is their way to take over. Am I way out on limb here, Sarah? Or you think I'm way super <laughs> too far no, out? because I totally skipped that paragraph about it being mm -hmm. signed into law. Yep. Yeah. It says the NHTSA is already working on the topic as the infrastructure bill signed into law by President Biden in 2021 included a requirement for all vehicles to be equipped with passive alcohol interlocks, mm -hmm. which would make them inoperable if high blood alcohol level is detected. Mm -hmm. The law dictates that regulations be developed within three years and gives automakers two years to comply, but also allows the Department of Transportation to extend the periods if technically necessary. Yeah, that's a that's control right there. And I'm not saying you shouldn't, you know, put some things up to, you know, stop and penalize people that drive under the influence, whether it's weed or, you know, whatever it is out there. Um, but all of us need to be informed out there and keep up on what's going on because they're slipping this stuff through in these bills and they're getting voted in. And once they're in, it is very difficult to get them out again, even if they are a true and absolute infringement on our Constitution. So the older I get, the more I feel that I need to be informed. And, you know, when I was younger, we studied the Constitution. Um, but it's it's more important to me now than it probably ever has been. And I feel like it's under attack more now than it ever has been previously, at least in my experience, or maybe I'm paying attention better, but uh, we better be paying attention and the silent masses or the silent majority, um, we're going to be tested at some point in time. So I agree. Yeah. You ready for this next one? Yeah. Let's see if it'll get my blood pressure up like the last one. I don't know. This one, <laughs> it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. So this was published September 17th. So it's a little old. Uh, but it is employees at the Marysville Honda Motors Company factory mm -hmm. in Ohio yep. were reportedly asked to give back money from overpaid bonuses. Mm. Yes. A memo was distributed that uh, bonuses have been overpaid and it gave workers a September 22nd deadline to determine how to pay back the money. And the employees could select whether the money should be taken out of their future paychecks mm -hmm. deducted from future bonuses or if they're going to repay it up front. Wow. Otherwise, if they didn't select anything, Honda would deduct from future bonuses by default. And then the spokesperson said, and I don't know why this kind of this is what kind of made me frustrated. Mm -hmm. The spokesperson for Honda said, since this is a personal issue, we have no further information to provide related to this matter. A personal issue. It sounds like it was the Honda Motor Company. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a personal issue. Hmm. Somebody in the accounting department made a mistake. I wonder if they were fired. I don't I know. Wonder. That just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And really, I guess it would depend, you know, because we have a lot of people and, you know, different payroll stuff that we're doing all the time. But um, 
you know, we take that stuff super seriously. And thankfully, we've got really great people that keep a close eye on it. But mistakes happen, right? You know, so is it a few hundred bucks or are they talking a few thousand bucks? Because really that matters, I would think. And clearly they didn't want to say because it's a personal matter, uh, which is kind of bull too. But Well, and I'll tell you why this rubbed me the wrong way. I know a lot of people who have been working in factories uh, throughout the, the pandemic, and there's obviously been shortages and whatnot. And of course, there has been shortages in vehicles as well. And so chances are a lot of these employees have been working six days a week, maybe 12 hour shifts, um, you know, taking time away from their families. And then they, they get this bonus, if you will. And they're thinking, oh, my goodness, thank you for paying attention and noticing that we've been working hard for you. And then Honda's like, oh, sorry. And, you know, we can agree to disagree. Maybe that's that's not how it played out. I'm not sure. But that's how I read it, especially after the spokesperson. Uh, and how many people did it affect? Did it affect the whole manufacturing company? And I'm a big fan of Honda, to be honest, as far as like a car company. I'm not talking about their politics or how they run their business, but they, they build a quality vehicle, in my opinion. And, you know, I was looking or, or diving into some leadership stuff this weekend, and Simon Sinek kind of came on there. I don't know if you're ever familiar with him. He wrote the book, you know, uh, Finding Your Why and, and some different things. He does a lot of TED Talks and a lot of, you know, uh, culture building with companies. And so he had kind of a frame of reference of CEOs that have been very successful that say, hey, your people are your number one priority and that the, you know, the um, financials of the company will be your grade card of how well you've taken care of those people. Because if you take good care of those people, they will take care of your customers or your clients or whatever you want to call it. Or the CEO that says revenue is our number one priority and taking care of our people is very important. Well, the reality is, is you know, which one makes you feel better and more safe and secure? And that from Honda, how they handled it doesn't feel very safe and secure. So we're going to step into one more break and then we're going to wrap this up in a pretty little bow right after this. Your complete car care solution, A1 Custom Car Care. All right, welcome back. We've got Sarah and Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care. Kind of talk about some current event stuff. Are we, uh, we got any more questions, concerns, thoughts? I don't think so. So what is one thing that's going around the shop that maybe you've had a difficulty with? Oh. <laughs> or, or one, five, ten? So, yeah. So I always talk to our folks that we're kind of in the problem business. Mm -hmm. You know, typically it's not like we're a custom stereo or window tin or, you know, we're not that kind of fun shop, I guess, where you bring and want the bling bling done, you know. Our stuff most of the time is, hey, I wasn't expecting this. This happened. I don't know what to do about it. I don't know if I can afford it. You know, all that stuff. And the thing that happened this week that probably rings a bell, and I'm not picking on the DIY people, so please don't think that. But we had a pretty high-end car come in. And honestly, thank God they towed it. But the customer had tried to do a bunch of upgrades to this car kind of on his own. And um, the tie rod was installed upside down and, and coming in from the top of the spindle instead of the bottom. Um, there was no nut holding it on. Um, I mean, it was, it was quite a deal. Thankfully we've got some amazing guys and they identified most of it and they worked through it and they're, they're really going to put out a good product. So 
long story short, if you're a DIY person and you do it and do a good job, I tip my hat to you because God knows we need good people taking care of their vehicles. I don't care who takes care of the vehicles. Um, you know, as long as they're done and done well, man, that's awesome. We got plenty to do, so it doesn't hurt my feelings at all. What is an issue, and I've run into this in the past personally, where somebody will do a bunch of suspension work and then bring it to me for an alignment. And then later, something that they touched shifts because they didn't get it tight enough. And then they're like, well, you didn't check all the, the bolts and fasteners? No, no, I didn't, because that's a personal accountability thing. And if you didn't tighten them up, this is on you, not me. If it's work that I did, I'm going to stand behind it 100%. I'm not perfect. Things happen. But at that point in time, I can take care of it, and I'm going to take ownership, just as you are as a consumer who did your own service work and then caused or created other problems. So my point of this whole story is if you want to do your own work, that's fine. If you get in over your head and you've got a trusted shop, that's fine too. But understand and know, A, if you withhold information from us, it's going to be a more difficult and longer repair process, and that costs more money. And B, sometimes it's just cheaper and a better end product in order to have the guy or the gal that does this all day long, knows it in and out, take care of it. For instance, uh, Stacy and I needed a new roof. Well, I have done some roofing, and I probably can do it. But you know the quality work of the roofing company that we had come and do it? And even the checks that we handed them over? I don't resent that not at all because that's what they do. They're roofers. When I laid my head down after they got done, the peace of mind that, hey, they did an awesome job. And if they didn't, I'm going to call them and they're going to take care of it. That was worth every penny to me versus what I could have and whatever saved doing the roof myself and hating it the whole time that I'm up there roofing because I'm not a roofer. Does that make any sense? you think that's valid at all? Oh, absolutely. Now, <clears throat> I have a question. Yeah. So we've lived through uh, crazy inflation oh, before. Yeah. Whenever we did, mm -hmm. did you see a lot more DIY oh, yeah. people trying to save a buck? Yeah, I for sure did, especially uh, I think 08 to 10, somewhere in there mm -hmm. where we had the very high fuel prices, which affected everything else. Um, we did, you know, people who normally would have brought us a brake job, they were trying to do their own brakes and I'm sure some of them did, you know, but we ended up with a lot more cars being brought to us in boxes. And what I mean by that is they get to a point that they are over their head or something didn't go right and they box all the pieces up and then they bring it to us and we have to make heads or tails of it. Mm. That is just because you did part of the job does not make it cheaper. It typically is more expensive. And secondly, very seldom do I ever get all the pieces. And that is a tough thing. I am not somebody that likes to put somebody else's puzzle back together. Can I do it? Oh, yeah, I can do it. Is it easy and fun and I love that part of it? No. I much prefer to see the job from the beginning to the end and, and proceed. And if I don't, and I do take on those, uh, what I consider a basket case job, it's it's going to be charged accordingly, and I will get it fixed for you, but it's going to be a long and drawn-out process. So I did turn one of those jobs away in my career. There was a fly-by-night shop here in Springfield, and they had come to us and wanted a price on an engine, and I quoted them, and they took it across the street. I could see that the, it was an S10 Blazer, 
And it sat over there for months. Mm. And I was like, hmm. Well, in the midst of it, they had paid him a whole bunch of money up front. And the shop closed and went out of business and they towed it over. And it was in such disarray and things cut and chopped. And it was a true disaster. They basically junked that vehicle. They couldn't get any of their money back. They couldn't get them to finish the job. And they wanted to know what it would cost me to do. And I just said, it's going to be way more than buying another S10 Blazer. I'm I'm not taking your money. And I felt awful for them. I could have fixed it, but I'd had so much time fixing all the malpractice and debauchery that was done to it previously. It wasn't in that customer's best interest to, to for me to take any money on that situation. I had another one not too long ago. It had a rusted frame. Um, they had bought it sight unseen, didn't have a pre-purchase done on it, and wanted to know how much for me to fix it. And I said, I'm not... They were putting their 16-year-old daughter in that truck, and I said, I'm not fixing this truck. If you want to put a frame under it, that's one thing, but it's a, it was an old Danger Ranger, actually. Mm. And I said, I'm not fixing it. I understand you guys are trying to recoup your money because you bought from a bad person, but that's not a, a good choice, and I'm not taking responsibility for your daughter if she gets in an accident. So long story short, essentially being informed is probably the best thing. A1 Custom Car Care has been around a long time. We're going to be around a long time more. Um, and if, God forbid, you have a problem, we're going to be there with the right people to fix it, even if it's work we did. You know, things happen, things break. We're not perfect um, versus, you know, getting a cheaper quote from somebody, them taking your money and then running off with it, absconding with it. So, yeah, that's that's been the interesting thing. Um, and you're right. As inflation happens, people try to save a buck or two here and there. Um, just it, especially like it's one thing if you're going to attempt it on your own, um, that's, you know, uh, respectable, I guess, you know, I do things on my own a lot that are not automotive replate, uh, related, they're other professions, but be very conscientious of the people that you see out on the interwebs that do mobile repair or do, there are some good mobile repair guys out there. I'm not hating on that, but know their background, know their you know, their credentials, essentially, to your point earlier, you know, the folks that we've got literally that are working on my truck right now, I'm not even doing the work, the guys are taking care of it. But I know what they're about. They have been factory trained from General Motors, they're working on my Chevy, you know, it's, they have the skills, they're 20, 30, 40 year uh, professional technicians. So that gives me a lot of peace of mind versus the guy that I find on Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist or wherever it is out there. If you're good, you'll have the credentials and the experience to back it up. And I've said it once, if I've said it a hundred times, that you find the rubber that meets the road with people or a business when things don't go right. Um, I have, you know, met mobile technicians that are great folks and take care of business. And I have met some that are not great. And when your car breaks after they've already got your money, all of a sudden they're unavailable or they don't pick up. We literally have multiple people from 7.30 to 5.30, Monday through Friday, answering our phones to make sure that if something doesn't go well, whether we did it or it just broke in general, pick up the phone and answer it. So that's a good peace of mind that I can offer out there to everybody. So, Believe it or not, <clears throat> excuse me, we're out of show. Time flies. I know. Well, if you're out there in Radio Land and you have a question or comment, the best way to reach us is on our text line. That phone number is 417 417- 
417-447-5743. Once again, that is 417-447-5743. Or you can reach out to us on our social media all across the board. That is at 1041KSGF. And of course, I do want to plug because I don't do it enough. Uh-huh. But if you head over to KSGF.com, click on the A1 Custom Car Care podcast. In case you miss any show, they are going to be housed right there, of course, as well as Spotify and iTunes. Dustin, I hope you have a great rest of your weekend. You as well. Be safe. Bye.